influencers. Let's get bouge. Listen to Abe Thompson for an hour. I'd rather fuck a blood relative. It's Abe Thompson. It's happy times. It's smile times here at half past seven on a Friday night on Aid Thompson and other disappointments. I'm your host, Aid Thompson. This is episode 165. And joining me tonight, I have a guest every Friday night uh, to help me make sense of the senseless, to help me navigate my way through, uh, I don't know, gallows, humour, cul-de-sac or whatever. Doom, Doom Lols Boulevard, wherever it is that we're venturing down. Uh, and then Wednesday, I have a solo show. But tonight, my guest... Uh, that's helping me with uh, with news, current affairs, the insane world that we live in, uh, is a returning favourite. Um, he's, I think you've been on as many times as Tan has now. Both. I of think. You. I think this is four or five. I yeah, can't think. we're in that neck of the woods, aren't we? I suppose Tan came on with Davy a few times as well, yeah. so she's probably beaten you very modestly. But we can she change. She has that. beaten me. That is true, and that's what the police are investigating. Yeah, uh, I guess a, a quick intro for anyone that's not familiar with your work, John, um, who may not have seen or heard the previous episodes you are a podcast host you host the on topic podcast yes uh would you like to give people a little bit of a, a bit of spiel about what it's you're... a comedy it's a comedy podcast that is me and my friend richard we like to call ourselves failed stand-ups because we've both done it and <clears throat> um we talk about one topic for an hour ish well under an hour between 45 minutes and 55 minutes um yeah it's the on topic podcast it's available absolutely fucking everywhere it's pretty good like i tell you what i like about your pod is it's so they're they're sort of general topics the, the sort of topics that everyone can talk, uh can relate to so mm-hmm. you'll do like a wedding one or you'll do you know employment or interviews or you know something that's uh, that literally every but like most people in western society yeah. can it sounds it. like it's going to be mcintyre we we know that and yeah. then we try to divert that idea that it's yeah. not because like we both bollock each other for we do call that like going it's... you write a piece and you go it's too mcintyre you can't do yeah that. or because like, we both we we write scripts both of us i do say that 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 we we use i don't know if you do i know how you write so i don't think you do write like that but we use jump offs so i've mine all mine are so I write a list of like things that I know. I know from what the words that I I know where that's going to go. And yeah. Richard writes his, and we both don't see each other's. And so then you sort of bounce off each other a little bit. And, yeah, because yeah, we've yeah. been working together for like seven years or something. Sad. So yeah, it's fine. But it's good. Like you've clearly got a very good rapport with each other. Bounce off. Yeah, each I other think there's a lot of love there. Yeah, and but then the other thing I love about it is that so so much of my life is consumed with politics and ranting about how shit the world is and how doomed we all are but your show is pretty much apolitical isn't it it's not really any we try to avoid it because rich is not political politicalist at all like he can't stick it so we so that was kind of the basis when we were writing the idea and yeah. we jumping around that was the thing richard was like oh, i don't really want to do politics like, if he was going to land one side or the other he'd definitely land on the left but he can't be asked <clears throat> Which is fine. It's like, but then he's he's absolutely sports crazy. He watches every football match, whereas I don't watch any. I don't know any. He'll say something about sport, and I'm like, woohoo, sport. <laughs> like, I don't care yeah. shit. I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. Like, I'm almost jealous. Almost jealous of when people are not really engaged in politics, because it's like a whole layer 
of stress, chaos, and anxiety that you've just completely removed from your psyche. Like, I bet he's mentally quite healthy, is he? Yeah. Well, no. No? Oh. (laughs) No, no one is, are they? Not in these. Do you know what? I was at the bus stop the other day, and I can, I afterwards, I congratulated myself. I heard a sixteen-year-old boy, which sounds really totally stupid. He said, he said the p word. We all know what I mean, right? Uh, in relation to uh, people of an Asian origin, mm. but he wasn't talking to me. It wasn't a conversation with me. It was a conversation with somebody else. And my congratulations to myself was for not taking him out. Like I. <laughs> Like I afterwards, I reasoned. I was like, he wasn't talking to you. Yeah, okay. And he wouldn't have known that you were listening, mm. <laughs> and you coming in from the side. Like, what was that? Like, it sounds really silly, but as an eighties kid, yeah, hearing it in yeah. twenty twenty three, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And he said it so casually. But it, was it, he okay? So was he a white guy? Yeah, a white kid, even. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't even think like. I'm so ignorant and I obviously live in my, you know, comfortable white guy bubble. Me too. But I, I assumed that that language... I thought it was dead. I thought it was yeah. a dead word. I'd never heard it. Never. No, none of my friends. Maybe they just would never say it anywhere near me. But nobody would say that word. And I just heard him say, it's not like the peas. They're all right. And I was like, what are we doing? Fuck is that? Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't. And, I, uh, uh, and I, I'm still on a crossroads in my head like, like saying I should have said something if it had been directed at me, I would have like been in a conversation because you said it so flippantly. I would have just gone, go again. <laughs> like, what yeah. are we doing? <laughs> I wonder if there's a level of comfort to it where he's like, I can, I can be myself. Look, I, I see this guy over here. He's white. He's not going to say anything. He, everyone at the like... bus stop was white, obviously. Yeah, in a little village in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It just it really rankled me, and I and um. Because it sounds this is absolutely stupid. Anyone who's never seen me before or whatever. As a kid, uh, we were one of those families who was going to like Mallorca or something. And um, there's 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 a bit of Jamaican in my family, and it, and I go brown like immediately. And uh, that word was said to me all the time. Like I'm Gary Lineker. Like that was one of those things. I don't do what Gary Lineker does, where he goes, "Yeah, I know what racism is." No, you don't. Um, yeah. I just knew how empty it was because I heard, I remember it being shouted at me when I was in Bletchley, walking along, and I heard like "pee," yeah, and I was like, "Where?" Because <laughs> I'd never seen one in real life. Yeah, and and then I realised they were talking to me, and I thought, "Oh, yeah." It just feels so sort of. It feels like it's a term that belongs in that time box so weird like i i haven't i haven't heard that i mean i don't think i heard it i don't know probably early 90s probably yeah but i've not heard it anywhere like even and even in that sort of context where you would imagine that maybe it may surface every now and then like you know if i go into town or if i'm waiting at the train station to go into london or yeah yeah uh but yeah yeah i thought it was dead and buried weird yeah never thought i'd just hear it just slipped into a conversation sort of a testament (laughs) to how backward those people are that they're still inhabiting a 1980s kind of vernacular yeah i was just oh yeah just it absolutely blew me away he'd he'd previously we had had a conversation because he'd said to me he was because the bus didn't turn up and he said he was going to be late for college and i jokingly went oh god yeah that'd be a pain in the ass and he went yeah and i went i mean i'll get i'm gonna get fired but yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I remember being like, because I, I, because I, I'm a contractor. I don't get paid unless I'm working. So I was like, 
But yeah, you might be David Connors. You might get <laughs> you might get a little red dot against your name. I'm fucking losing money literally talking bullshit to you. you yeah. Every every bastard. every fucking slur that comes out of your mouth weirdly is costing me money. Yeah, <laughs> oddly I paid for that. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about what's uh, what's in the news. So it's a weird big news day uh, across Western uh, across sorry Western liberal democracy. I can't speak tonight um, because Trump is being indicted gigantic yes. news finally like there's a lot of us who like for a long time have been like he's dead like they're never going to bring charges man people like trump don't go to prison I, I don't i still don't think he actually will go to jail i think um i'm not certain i don't really? know i'm in the middle of it I do, do you know what i'd really love i only want one thing mm. i want i want him to not because you know when you've been the president you're always president trump you keep the title don't you yeah that's right i want it removed you want him demoted back to just Donald Trump. Donald Trump. That's all I want. Yeah, I think that was... that we've got to be serious about what's likely. So I'll take that. Yeah. I was reading some stuff earlier where they said it's more likely he'll get just fined for this. Right. Um, which seemed that actually feels more realistic to me. I think like even though I mean, like the whole thing is a fucking can of worms because they have such a tricky decision to make or rather the, the da and i guess whoever is politically pressuring the da uh because if they don't jail him if he's done i think it's 34 counts of whatever it is that he's accused of yeah if they don't jail him for that uh they look like there's one rule for the rich and another rule for everyone else it looks fundamentally unfair it it's doesn't like, look like there is yeah. there is it just yeah. gives the game away but it's yeah, but it's so obviously a precedent that people will then cite that the law is then effectively in pieces. Like, they do huge damage. They they basically push themselves into a corner where when similar cases come up in six months or a year's time or whatever, people will go, well, you didn't fucking jail Trump, did you? So, therefore, I get to walk too. So, th yeah. there's that. And then, conversely, if they do jail him, even though I... I think he should probably do prison time if they do on the geopolitical landscape they open the floodgates of places like i don't know fucking libya iran <laughs> like you you pick whatever sort of crumbling ghost of a democracy <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. country you like china even um russia like all of them will like the, the idea that you can then say america is not some basket case democracy that jails its political leaders is sort of out the window at that point people like putin or kim jong whoever like all of them are gonna go look at fucking are you kidding like they, <laughs> fuck off trump is literally in prison at the moment so you you then create a different precedent so i don't I envy don't, anyone here it's, it's a really i think that this conversation is happening in some very high places right now because the decision has been made hasn't it well let's be serious the decision's already been made right he is guilty it's apparent so they've got the they've got the evidence he's definitely going to be convicted what's going to happen well i think the decision's been made and i don't i don't i don't know it's like what's going to cost more lives really isn't it that's the balance is mm. what, what what do you do but then there's no reason in america fucking kids got shot with an ar-15 this week and nothing will change. Nothing. There's all this shit going on right now, which is brilliant. I, I you know, I, I'm not being a, a dick. 
all these brilliant people making fantastic um, <clears throat> protests and brilliant um, social media posts, like, you know, can we stop shooting kids? But we really know what will happen, which is fuck all. Mm. Humans yeah. have got a six-week memory. That's it. That's all we can work with. People gave a fuck about electricity prices in the UK when it was when it was about to happen. Now it's actually happening. No one gives a shit. Yeah, mortgages were going to get were going up. Um, uh, we knew about it last year. There was a big palaver. Now it's actually fucking happening. It's past the six weeks. We're just paying it and not yeah. doing a bit about it. At all. I was thinking about that earlier. So like beginning of this week, the Bank of England. I think it was beginning of this week, maybe tail yeah. end of last week. Yeah. They were announcing that because of the food inflation had pushed us back up to like ten percent. Uh, totally unexpectedly um, that they were going to have to raise interest rates again. And I was thinking, how fucking depressing is it that, you know, we're about to get clobbered with a, a, like our new mortgage payments. They're going to, if we, su- yeah, if we survive the remortgage, like the affordability checks or whatever, uh, we're going to have absolutely no disposable income. It's going to fucking clean us out. Um, and yet, we're not quite in that because, because of the world is bollocks we're not in as i think as is ending up kind of cost like t- about 200 pound a month more which mm. very through nothing but fortuitousness mm. um i've recently got a new job so that's that that changes the game slightly but it's still a massive burden yeah obviously and yeah i don't want to go i don't know I, if we go with mortgages we're fucked because we're just going to do mortgages for an hour while yeah. we're both going what what do you, uh, yeah yeah I, I literally did it the other day with the cab driver literally the two of us just going like how much is going to cost you like it's suddenly become an interesting conversation again we're like what did you get fixed rate like people who got a fixed rate last summer for five years you're like what the fuck yeah fuck you yeah imagine if you did like last year i it, do know somebody did it really two percent yeah insane but like, you must you must just be the smuggest motherfucker in the pub when the news is on and there's like a couple of old boys you know complaining about their mortgages or their kids mortgages and imagine imagine you're a bell end on a variable interest only rate like you know when you're during covid you're like how much is your mortgage it's shot up it's 87p now <laughs> and now yeah. now it's like sounds like 1700 quid because their yeah. interest rate was never you know because the tracker is not the base rate so they're paying no. like nine percent yeah yeah, it's such a weird sort of purgatorial state to be in at the moment where uh, we, like, we don't know what's going to happen yet, like how we're going to handle this, how far no, into the red. You've got to, and you've got, we've, we've all got a bet, like, because I was looking at fixed rates the other day and talking, talk, sorry, this is so fucking boring. I even know it's boring as well. People are saying, you know, you have to bet, you know, it's like two years, five years, 10 years. You're like, no, I'm only, I'm only going to go, I'm only going to, I'm betting low. I'm going to go two years. Hopefully they'll get their shit together. Like fucking fuck. Yeah, you're right. It's it's weird though, isn't it? Because it's like, at what point did they, did it become this sort of financialized product suite of, of, yeah, essentially gambling? Like you would have thought, like, here's how I think this product should go to the market, right? You build a house, you build a hundred houses or a thousand houses, you put them on sale and then somebody says, yeah, I'll, I'll pay a hundred grand for that or I'll pay 70 grand for this one. This one's got two more bedrooms and blah, blah, blah. And then the banks say, well, look, obviously you don't have 300 grand in the bank, but we will lend it to you and you pay us back 
a, a figure like every month, which is the interest on a loan. That's fine. That makes sense to me. But why you have to be locked into like a two year, like you're going to fucking own the house for 10 or 20 it's or 30 gambling, years. It's gambling. That's because it's always gambling. That's I keep, I tell insurance is you betting, like if it's life insurance, you bet a company that you're going to fucking die and they yeah. bet you won't. Yeah. And you're like, I'll fucking teach you. You don't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking nightmare. What's this bollock? <laughs> yeah. It's the weirdest thing. We do it with our houses. Your mortgage is you betting against the bank. You bet that you're not going to pay it and the bank bet you will. And that, yeah. that's it. And that, and that, <clears throat> and the interest rate is basically the odds. They yeah. just go, well, <laughs> maybe. I was, I was uh, <clears throat> reading some terrifying shit earlier this week about um, how in the 70s and 80s, the subject of peak oil was first raised like what's going to happen when the oil runs out when the oil reserves start depleting what happens then and it used to be dismissed as this sort of you know far-flung conspiracy theory like no nah, don't worry about it there's loads of fucking oil. If, if oil dries up in texas we'll just go and drill over here there's plenty more oil don't worry about it um and now well firstly in in like 2008 2009 i was watching a documentary about it and they were saying at that point places like Saudi Arabia had begun drilling like offshore and in, and financing drilling projects in more and more dangerous places because it, like it's a bit like a heroin junkie going to more and more extreme lengths to like burgle and rob to pay for the heroin to get the fix like it's the earth is addicted to oil um and now that there's conversations in the last couple of weeks where they're like well should we drill in the arctic i mean what's the problem really and this guy wrote this piece earlier in the week where he was like, it's now anticipated we will hit peak oil in the next two years. No, I will say that isn't. It's, I don't think so. Do you think it's further away? It is way further away. But the problem is there's now more added gambles for more gambly fun. So, so that kind of doesn't matter. Mm. I'll add two more problems to the equation. There are two hopes it's a bit of a shame there's not more people in the chat saying some terrible stuff um you've right there are two other things that would make oil worthless mm -hmm. which is very problematic which you wouldn't think so uh one of them is the storage of hydrogen if you could if you can work out hydrogen's a bastard because the molecules are so small they're, they're an absolute dick to store and that 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 causes a massive issue so let's say Next week, somebody works out how to store hydrogen. But not only that, they also, because we're not that far off. My friend who works in battery technology says we're not a million miles away from a quantum battery. Mm. Let's give us the both. Let's have both. We've got a quantum battery and hydrogen. The problem with that is oil, the barrel price will fall immediately. Mm. Double issue of that is, and you don't have a choice with this, the West have to bomb Saudi Arabia flat. There isn't an option. They're not stupid. They have one card. Right. Oil. If they're out, what they're not going to fuck about. Right. So your option, as soon as you get the phone call, we've nailed it. Yeah. You can store hydrogen in a Tesco carrier bag. The first thing you do is bomb Saudi Arabia flat because that's your only choice. Well... Yes. Okay. So I agree that they have a huge amount of geopolitical power and influence based pretty much 
solely literally on, on that. Earth. Like there's nothing. You don't have to do anything they say anymore. And they've got some disgusting. We put up with some unbelievable shit. Like, yeah. It's ridiculous. Things it's... that people go. You know, they talk about North Korea, and they're like, oh, "I can't believe they do that." Yeah. Fuck off! Yeah. Look at this. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not to get too dark about it, but they, so I was doing a solo episode of Wednesday where I was sort of marveling at this, where I'm like, you know, they literally, they slaughtered a Western journalist in an embassy and within a a matter of, yeah, within a matter of months, Liz Truss as foreign secretary had signed off on three deals to sell Saudi Arabia. And didn't he go and visit the queen at one point as well? Did he? I know. Yeah, I think I think he met up with some. I mean, it's fucking disgusting. Yeah. The whole thing. Like the the alignment of the UK with uh with Saudi based yeah, solely the, on petrochemical is absolutely. Yeah. I mean, but fuck off. What I was going to say was, if America or the UK or or the EU developed hydrogen technology to the to the extent that we could actually begin a phased withdrawal from the oil world. Yeah. Uh, you would start to it it would be that it would be phased out very slowly rather than this complete like unplugging of set like there would still be other countries in the world that would want to buy that oil right sort of you'd hope well but, but it, yeah <clears throat> yeah it just it's yeah it just changes those two the two things i mentioned change everything yeah electric vehicles as they stand the, the pushback against them. The trouble is, is always, you know, when someone argues with you and says lithium is actually a massive pain in the arse and you've got, you know, it fucks up the world as much as uh, um, petrol. I, I don't have an argument against They are right. Mm. The, the, it, we can fuck about, but it, it, it actually, the payback takes like 50 years. You're never going to get back the car. We're absolutely fucked. But if we had a car running on hydrogen that was powering um, like a quantum battery, et cetera, the weight in the car is gone. Mm. Um, you can use ceramic engine parts that never wear out, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's loads of those shit. And then suddenly you only need the notion of that to make the barrel price fall. Say say the barrel price is $100. It'd be $2 in a day. Mm. You, it, that's how the stock market works. It is based on not on what is happening, but is what is going to happen. And that yeah. is a certainty. Well, it's it's even worse than that, isn't it? It's like it's it's not based on what's happening. It's not even based on what is going to happen. It's based on what a collection of people believe yeah. could happen. Yeah, <laughs> and same so with everything. I'll hedge it, my bet that that's like, I don't want to lose my 100 million, so I'm going to pull that out, and then suddenly the share price starts. I mean, hitting. that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> And as I say, that's why the, the, the sky is dark with bombers the day that happens, because you don't have a choice. Yeah. It's not a it's not a it's not an act of war, it's an act of well, we better fucking do it, they'll kill us. Because mm. <clears throat> they're not stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, 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 fun. We went from Happy Trump times. to oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it how people kind of go, you know, those two things, those two technologies are, are world saviour thing type things. Yeah. And you think you'd be like, whoa, whoa, and I'm like, yeah, you need to kill some fucking people. Yeah, <laughs> that is the way that works. There's no fucking way. I wonder if that will become a sort of genesis of a new world order, like not to get too tinfoil hat. But if you had a new world order where it was like the United States of fucking everything. Right. I've always felt that the calculation is wrong. You know, when we try and work out how how long have we got left being dickheads before mm. the world is fucked beyond parallel? And I don't actually think that's 
the calculation you need to do. You need to work out how much fossil fuels there is left. And if we burnt it all tomorrow, would the earth explode? And that's really the only calculation you need. Mm. Because if, that, if, if it isn't, the world won't explode, then sort of you're never going to convince anybody any other way. They're, mm. they're going to go full gung until we've done it. Like giving a fat kid a chocolate cake. <laughs> okay. Do you want to save some? No. <laughs> Get a fucking eat it and throw up and then eat that. Here's a, that's it, gonna happen. Here's a weird question for you. I can't remember if I've uh, if I've asked you this before, if it was a different guest or if maybe I've never said it on the podcast before. I don't know. But here we go. Like how <laughs> how weirdly convenient is it? Like I don't want to get too spiritual, but it's a little bit convenient that right at the same time as we're about to run out of fossil fuels is the same time that the effect of them is so bad on climate change that it's irreversible. Like those two things happening at exactly the same time. It's like, let's say peak oil is in the next year or two years and we do start to really run out. The world has to drastically move from oil to hydrogen or nuclear or some sort of mix of everything in between. Um, Then the world begins to heal, hopefully, and climate change is mitigated like it's cut it's so weirdly convenient isn't it not really because no because it's 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 easy because humans do this ridiculous thing where you make things fatalistic as somebody who's sort of uh, neuro spicy i do that all the time but excellent phrase yeah. yeah, that isn't actually true. You've All you've done is you've seen a pattern where there isn't one. Like, it makes absolute fucking sense, like, from an evolutionary point of view, that the planet itself, self-preservation is, that it has nearly enough of something to fuck it up, but not quite enough. That makes absolute sense. That's, yeah, a very logical, interesting way of, of looking at it. I, I was sort of looking at it like, is there some subtext here? Like I'm, I am going to get a bit, a bit tinfoil hat here. Where yeah. like, like if I did want, I don't believe that climate change is, uh, is fake. I think it's no, real. No. It definitely, but yeah. if I, if I did want to believe that it was fake, then that would bolster that feeling. It's like, absolutely. Actually it... what this is all about is scarcity of fossil fuel, but in, they can't say that because that is terrifying. So what they'll say instead is climate change. If you keep burning oil like this, Oh, you know, you, it's going to affect this and water supply and food. And that's a, that, that is a more palatable story to tell people. But we do, we even, even the media takes advantage of the, of the sort of human brain of looking for patterns. We look for patterns in everything that aren't there. They're bollocks. Mm. So we say, so if I said to you, the boxing day tsunami, you know what I'm talking about. You don't yes. need to, I don't need to go any further than that. Okay. The boxing day tsunami and you'll go, You'll remember, you'll go, yeah, yeah. And um, and I'll then I'll say to you, climate change caused that. Climate change caused the box this tsunami. What it did, it caused an earthquake in the middle of the sea, huge wave, and obviously, you know, it killed people in um, Thailand. Um, just trying to think of any other countries, oh, Sri Lanka, um, etc. And you go, yeah, 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 yeah. And you go, and, and I can even bolster it. I can say to you, had you ever heard of one before? Mm. You'll go, no. That's because no one gave a shit about brown people before. That's yeah. all it really is. Fuck, I didn't give a shit. You could have wheeled and passed in a wheelbarrow. No one would have given a fuck. Well, also, it's, it's I, nonsense. It was the advent. It was like just on the cusp of 
just like, like that nine eleven twenty four hour news, like tw- you know. literally, literally the internet twenty four hour news, literally like this whole worldwide thing. You see, fucking bollocks. It's if you actually, if you ask people who live there, had it happened before? It def- it has. It, by the way, you don't need to check. There has been tsunamis in exactly those places previous times. It's exactly what's happened. I'm on, not saying on that Boxing one. Day. <laughs> Every box in there. Yeah. yeah, it's that thing of that is within living memory. It had happened before, and I'm not saying that that wasn't caused by climate change, but I am saying that our our perception is incorrect because we didn't give a fuck every single year. Every single year, hundreds of thousands of people are killed by floods in 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 parts of the world, and it's almost whether it's a fashionable place. Wow. Whether people actually give two <laughs> shit. Yeah, that was for Tan, if you're listening. Yeah, she is listening. Um, it's that really, it, it is quite weird. You, I, when those, when you get those, it, the conspiracy theory, I, I think I've got, I have my own theory, which is that an IQ of 90 mm. is, is the dangerous, that's a dangerous problem, 90, right. which is quite. I, I it, it, and it's way more prolific than you think. It's something really, really specific. I think it's something like four in five people. It's fucking mad. Have an IQ of about ninety, and I they're really this, problematic because yeah. they're thick. But then they're just thick enough to not know how thick they are. The Dunning Kruger really effect. Yeah, yeah, and it's perfect. Not I because my get my I, I I did check statistically what the likelihood of a ninety IQ is, and it is prolific. Have you? You're, have You're you... not dumb enough to not be able to read, and nobody had noticed too much. But you are fucking stupid. Have you, <laughs> have you ever seen who the fuck was actually? Maybe this was by uh... so the guy that that produced the documentary about peak oil that uh, effectively radicalized me when I was like 27. Um, I'm sure it was him, or maybe it was one of these sort of alt right psychologists that that you have now. Um, yeah. <laughs> but one, I can't remember who the fuck it was. Some, some like academic. Any um, side, any scientist with a political sway, either way, is a fucking dickhead. It doesn't make any sense. Well, so this this guy was saying that there is, yeah, like similar to you, that every every fifth person has an IQ under X, and he was like, and... it's way, it's way, 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 way. That's really high. Like the ninety is way, way higher than it's way. Is more it? Prolific. Yeah. Well, this guy was saying. Um, he was like, and the American military won't let you in unless you pass uh, an IQ test that pitches you above this. And he's like, so if you wholesale that out across all of, I think he was talking about the US, he was like, like roughly 30 million Americans lack the intelligence that the American military... Would fuck off. Yeah, yeah but it in. must be. It's not a hundred. I, I, I swear to Christ, it will be about ninety. Yeah, ninety is about perfect for military. I'm not talking about officers because they're not stupid enough to be shot at. No, like somebody you think of as quite quick in their mind is about one thirty. My dad, um, I only know this because he, he actually got IQ tested at work. My dad's IQ is one six five. Fucking hell, is that that feels good? That feels hard. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think it's. One, I can't remember what mentor is, but he was. He would have been mentor at the time, but he he never joined because he said they were a stack of bellends. But um, it's not. It's not like one thirty is not super bright. That's not really really clever. And ninety is mm. not really thick. It's problematic, right? And ninety is 
clever enough to strip a rifle and put it back together and be shot at. Mm. But not clever enough to realise you shouldn't be there to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> not Which not is clever that, enough to regret. That's uh, exactly that's 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 why it's an issue. It's like the people who think that COVID's a conspiracy. They're 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 nineties. Yeah, because they're not they're they're clever enough to go and Google all this stuff that's absolute shit, but not not clever enough to realise it cannot possibly be a lie because it's too big. Yeah, I mean, there's a great uh, quote by. Do you ever read Hugo Rifkin's stuff? In I think it's the Times he writes for. He does like a polit- politics sketch, right. uh, and. Uh, I think he's Malcolm Rifkin's his kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It rings about, yeah. Um and he was he was mocking Andrew Bridgen. <laughs> but the way he worded it was just fucking perfect. He was like, Does it never occur to Andrew Bridgen that like when he thinks he's figured it out, like something to do with the pandemic or masks or lockdowns, does he never stand there and sort of question and go like, What are the chances that I, Andrew Bridgen, an idiot, a provable idiot? would have figured this out like should i not pause for thought here and i get that's the sort of thing that you're getting to it's like that moment of reflection and self-awareness where people should go hang on you know i'm not the sharpest tool in the toolbox that's that's literally the that's literally it yeah. it's the self-awareness we've talked about this as people who, who <clears throat> let's uh, no, not in a dickish way like as people who oh, write you can be co- you can be dickish come on Let it all out. as people who write as people who write comedy my first reaction when when somebody else is funny who i don't know is <laughs> you cock like in instantly yeah. my brain is fuck you right straight yeah. away and i've taught myself that that fuck you what i should actually change that in, into after when they finished whatever they're doing is actually go, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, I've taught yeah, yeah. myself over the years to go, that, I think that's a really, I think there's a few things in life that you need to teach yourself. If you want to consider yourself a, a fairly decent human, you're going to die someday. That, that's very important. You need to get used to that. You need to have questioned your sexuality and be fine with it. They're, they're quite good. And you need to understand that other people are better at shit than you are, not because you haven't tried, right? Mm. Because that is poison. As soon as you think I could do that, mm. but I haven't given it a go. You know, when somebody sees something like like a piece of art by Damien Hurst, put a shark in formaldehyde, or or something by Tracy Emin, where she's put all the people she slept with on a tent, and they go, "Oh, I could have done that." You fucking didn't. Yeah. The end. Shut the fuck up. I I am not. I I will never win the X Factor. I'm mm. fine with that. I'm okay with that because other people are better at singing than me. That's absolutely fine. And I, there's not. It's not that I didn't try. It's that they're better than I am. And that goes well. You know, as fundamental as people will be better at painting their lounge than I am. Mine will be shit. I'll touch yeah. the fucking bit of wood around the door because I'm a knob, right? But I'm okay with that. But it Some kind of goes. It goes like a maybe a level deeper than that i think is is a healthy place like actually quite a positive place to be i think they're all positive places where it's like it's not a reflection that you couldn't have done it or that that this person is better than you it's that you have a selection of things in your brain that turn you on that uh that no 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 no, no. i don't mean that i don't have like i know I'm not colorblind, right? This this is a weird one. I'm not colorblind. But the difference that some people see, a lot of people, including my wife, see between blue and green, I don't see. 
<clears throat> so I cannot see them. So I, I, I don't get them confused. I, I know what blue is. I know what green is. But if you were going to do, if you, if something going to be like aqua sort of thing. Yeah. And one person might, I, I, I won't see the difference right? because I, I don't have that. That's not something I can do. And, and it isn't because I didn't try. And it's not because I'm not interested. It's that fundamentally it's impossible. And I think it is a way greater skill in life to understand, <clears throat> sorry, to be vocal about what you're shit at rather than what you're good at. What you're good at is apparent. Mm. It is obvious. What you're shit at, tell people. Right? Honestly, it's re- that, that's a really important thing. Hopefully people think, oh, John speaks quite well because I fucking do it all the piss and time. So hopefully they go, oh, he's quite good at that. But if somebody says to me, like, uh, could you do that? I don't ever now because I've taught myself, like, I did this when I was about 20, because I'm a twat, but well, if somebody says to me, like, if you said to me, like, you'd made a table, I'd go, I'd fuck that up, mm. like, instantly, I'd go, oh, show me, and I really care as well, I really do want to see, like, you can play the guitar, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't do that, I- I'm always really, really chuffed when somebody do something I can't, I-, I couldn't do that, I'm rubbish at that, I, I want to see you do it, and I-, and I honestly do, but it takes a fundamental change in yourself to accept you can't and to appreciate other people's skills i really think they're really important it's yeah i mean it's obviously like you, you speak very passionately about it i i feel like it's because <laughs> it's fucking true but it like to me it's sort of i so okay on a foundational level i agree it's great to acknowledge the things that you're not good at things that you have not pursued uh, no <laughs> yeah but, gone. but um I think you run the risk, or, or rather, there is a danger there that if you say I couldn't do that, like that is an unhealthy. But like, when people, uh, when I used to do a lot of stand up, as as indeed you did, um, uh, do you think pe- other people can do it? Pe- people have said to me like, "Oh man, I wish I could do that," and I'm like, "You fucking could, man. No, like, you, you really could." That's not I fair. know people who are funnier than me conversationally who could do it if they applied themselves. My wife's but... funnier than me one in a thousand times. Right. Right. And, but, and, and, and like unbelievable. Like I will lose my soul. It's the funniest fucking shit in the world, but you can't yeah. do it on purpose. Somebody, I, w- I recently had an argument. <laughs> I'll be honest. I recently had this argument with a therapist. We, we were talking and I, and I kind of got quite animated as I always do. Mm. And I don't know if you're going to agree with me on this and you don't have to. This isn't, uh, this, I'm not putting this out as a fundamental fact. I have ADHD, so it's not it's not the same thing. And, and we do a different sort of comedy. So because I, I work, I do crowd stuff, so it's compare. So <clears throat> I said she, she felt that I got self worth from that, and I said I don't because it doesn't matter to me at all. I don't care. Like it, I I really appreciate the fact that people laugh, and I understand that that takes some sort that takes an innate something to do mm. that. But for me, I don't think about anything. I just take the handbrake off. Like yeah. in my ADHD brain, I just cut the edit. I don't do where I would normally pick. I'd kind of go like whatever. I know my rules in my head. Like don't take the piss out of anything that you can't change in less than ten seconds. So I don't. There's no kind. I'm not going to do a weight joke. Not going to do a race joke. Not going to do whatever. That, that's, that's just boring shit. Not going to mm. do that. But I'm going to go for t-shirts, hair. What you said. I and I can f- flick it, and I can deal with about a thousand people. 
Um, but I don't get a self-worth from it. And that was the argument I had with the therapist. That's really interesting because I unashamedly do. Like, it's... Oh, that's fine. Exactly. Yeah. It was, uh, And that was what I said. But your difference is you write and I'm not writing. But because even... I, I've written and I don't and I do write. But yeah. when I'm doing a comp air type gig, I, I'm not writing. So but don't I'm you feel literally... like when so there's a let's imagine this right so there's yeah, a, yeah there's a guy in the audience front row with a heavy metal t-shirt on long hair yeah. but he's a little bit too old to be in like mm-hmm. a rock band so he's obviously like what like a roadie or like an a- aging metal yeah. guy right so then you ask him a question what's your name where you're from all of that stuff then you yeah. crack a joke light mm-hmm. lightly at his expense you, you're teasing him a little bit his wife laughs he laughs the room comes to life everyone laughs you've created joy not to sound too twatty about it, but no, you, I know you, you mean. you've sparked some electricity in the room and everyone feels happier as a result of what you've done. And you did that from nothing. Yeah, like, no, don't isn't, get anything. Isn't there a feeling of like, it doesn't have to be ego or like she, everyone look at me, but like, don't you <clears> feel like I'm fucking glad I did that? It ended up with the fundamental question of why do you do it? Yeah. Right? And I think we're both going to come to the same, because though we're going to come from it from different angles, I said because I can for the pussy. Oh, um, yeah. For, okay. <laughs> this is embarrassing. Because I can. Because <laughs> if I'm looking at, if I'm looking at, I'm not going to say I could. If it was yeah. ten thousand people, but if I'm looking at a big gig, it'd be like two thousand. If there's two thousand people in front of me, mm. as far as I'm aware, because nobody's proven me otherwise, I'm the only one who can do this. And the other thing is, when I put the mic back in the stand and jump off the stage, because a lot of the time. If you've done like, if I've gone at like 70 people, a few of them want to kick my head in. And so one of the best things to do is to make the end a surprise. And mm. I've walked off the front of the stage before, just put the mic in the stand and jumped because it's a safer way to do it. Because if you've got 70 people who want to say you pissed off everyone you talk to, 70 people want to kick you in the face, but 930 don't. The 930 will protect you from the 70 do. So I'm going in the crowd. Yeah. But after the gig, I don't remember when somebody says to me, oh, do you remember that? No, I don't remember any of it. You're like that uh, that scene in Old School. Have you seen that movie? I've seen Old School, yeah. Will yeah, Ferrell. Yeah. Will, Will Ferrell, yeah. And there's like the debate, and then he just sort of like <laughs> just blacks out. Like he's he's debating, like he's speaking, but his like his brain's got like white out. Doesn't yeah, I don't. Anything. I honestly don't remember anything I've said. Like you're, generally, when I get off the stage, you're a know. conduit for the for God's sense of humour. Well, I think it's a conduit for ADHD. She, my therapist, also asked me what I think of before an impulse. And I said, that's ridiculous. Nothing. Mm. I, I wanted to do a TikTok video of this the other day. I was going to do when I'd given, I remember giving a driver the finger and calling him a cunt. And I wanted to do the thought process of it, of when I thought about it. And it was putting my finger in my pocket. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't think of anything. I just went oh, cunt. And then I put my finger in my pocket. Sorry, I almost blocked you out of the uh, the camera there. Um, yeah, the idea of an impulse and explaining it is ridiculous. Yeah, that seems sort of paradoxical <clears throat> to me. Yeah, we need to. What else have you got? What else? What else are we talking about? Uh, so I was going to talk about a, a little bit about gun control because obviously that was a big story in the first Hilarious. half of the week. Let's hit it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm I'm hitting all of the high like you know cheer people. Yeah. Up. I mean, this is called Eight Thompson and other, other disappointments. Yeah, 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 yeah. Been, definitely. Like, it's what's in the news. Um, but yeah, so there was a there was another school shooting uh, at the beginning of the week. Um, we, we sort of touched on this a little bit earlier in the show. Uh, there is always this feeling that this time will be the catalyst. This time will be 
the the straw that broke the camel's back finally they'll talk about gun control i always used to think like well they're not going to do it while trump's in the white house things will get really really bad and then once there's a democrat back in in the white house maybe then you'll actually see it but obama couldn't do anything biden's not doing anything it's sort of it, it speaks to the quite disgusting fabric of american democracy that one oh. institution has got that sort of a stranglehold on legislation and it's one of my more favorite things to talk about actually because i don't think i've spoken about it with you mm. but my dad was a member of a handgun club so i fired handguns and i um fired rifle fired assault rifles in competition for like five years it's mm. one of my favorite things to talk to americans about because they always go that's the problem with you guys you don't know what you're talking about and i'm like no i do actually yeah <laughs> I, I know exactly what i'm talking about because i've shot on i've shot on 500 meter ranges but uh the thing that americans will never get a grasp on is there is no such thing as safe gun it's impossible mm. you just can't do it well, I also think there's an arrogance to gun ownership in the US, and I'm sure I'll get fucking American commenters marching into the comment section telling me I'm a fucking clueless limey and, and all the rest of it. But the fact is, I don't see how you can argue yourself out of this one, right? If if we if if I was doing this show from fucking Iowa or wherever, I'm a I would like to think a reasonably intelligent guy. I'm emotionally healthy most of the time. You know, I'm sure my girlfriend would disagree with that to some extent on some occasions. However, you know, for the most part, I don't I don't raise my voice. I don't get violent. I'm not some fucking, you know, erratic, chaotic drunk. So by all reason in America, it's just me is like I'm I'm the target market for somebody who should own a gun. I've got kids, uh, my girlfriend. I want to protect them. You scare the shit out of you. You need a gun. Yeah. I'm not particular. I'm not like you know muscly. I'm not going to fight off intruders. I need a gun to protect the family. So, if I buy that gun and then it sits like in above the bathroom cabinet, it's safe. It's out of out of reach. The kids can't get it. Right. That's to all intents and purposes. That is safe gun ownership, and I'm a responsible gun owner. The problem <laughs> is, what happens when I come home from work a little bit earlier than I had said I was going to, and then I walk in and my girlfriend is banging the pool boy or fucking my best friend or what, like, and I feel hurt and aggrieved and betrayed and like I need to settle that score, and I'm like, how the fuck? Oh, oh, I got that gun. I'll go and get it. And even if I just think I'm going to scare someone with it, honestly, how many times I would yeah. shoot people a day? That's the reason <laughs> I don't need a gun. I'm a, I fucking. I love I've it. got ADHD. I'm a fucking nightmare. You do it just because you get bored. People. Yeah. No, I was going say... You know, concealed carry. Fuck me. I would be in, I'd be in prison. I would have shot somebody immediately. I, I love how, like, my situation, my example is, like, an extreme one where, like, one in 10,000 relationships might uh, end up. And yours I is just like, if I, do you know, I would just take it with me to the shops because I know that some motherfucker is going to upset me. I'm trained in all sorts of firearms and I would still fucking shoot somebody yeah. if I had a concealed carry. I'd be like, fuck off. I don't shoot. Yeah. Just teach them, just not, not death, just probably like one in the foot. Just a lesson for yeah. not understanding that they're leaning on the the, the um, self-service thing at Tesco when it goes, when it goes, there's an unexpected item. I mean, that's you. And then shoot them <laughs> in the foot. Yeah. Just teach them. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. 
or even just like not having a sufficient number of plastic bags out. That's a new thing now. I'm like, yeah. oh no, fuckers who don't get it. You know, people who are surprised by the fact they have to pay, they do my head in. Yeah. You know, they get they get all the way through the queue, which is like twenty people. They get to the end, and then they like, and then it's like it's an epiphany that they go, oh, that's fifteen pound fifty, and they go, they go in their bag, and they're like, oh, where's my purse? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. For the twenty minutes. Or, or at that point they go, I'll just get my checkbook. Like, bitch, nobody takes fucking checks anymore. What the fuck are you doing? I've got, I, I got a coupon for that, I think. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> I actually paid for someone shopping once. Honestly, I did that. There was a lady in front of me. Yeah. She took so long to get her stuff that I took the, you know, the please wait thing off. And I took it off. And I went, I'll just put mine through as well. And the checkout lady was like, really? And I kind of calculated it's like a fiver. And I went, yeah, no, it's fine. And she just put it through, like, ever. And she was like, oh, you're so sweet. And this is so fucking sociopathic. She went, oh, that's so sweet. She pushed it all through. And at the end, I paid it. And I honestly looked at this lady in the face. And I went, I only did that because you're a pain in the ass. And then I walked off. Wow. Literally saved it up. And this is is only, like, 12 minutes after you're like, if you want to be a good human... Oh this fuck what... <laughs> no! Exactly, but uh, yeah, no. But I, no, my fr- my friend's a psychologist, and he diagnosed me years ago with ADHD with sociopathic impulses. And I think he's. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I, bet, I bet even like even doing that in response to him is like, <laughs> <laughs> you fucking nutter. Yeah, yeah. I've never been assessed for any sort of mental health. Like I went to. That wasn't an assessment. It was my friend was doing a dissertation. Oh. And the stupid thing was, this was 2016. And the dumb thing was, this is the arrogance of me. He said to me, I really want to talk to you for my dissertation, for my um, PhD. And I said, oh, fine. He said, can I interview you for like two hours? I went, yeah, it's fine. No worries. So we set up the interview and I'm on his, he, it's a published, it's a published paper. And he did it. And at the end, and I think this is the sort of stupidity of my brain, he did it and he said, you know, you've got ADHD and you've got this um, uh, sociopathic impulses. He's not, you're not a sociopath, but you've got sociopathic impulses. And the weird thing was, instead of going, oh, I should probably go and get that checked out, I just was like, <laughs> stab, stab, <laughs> fucking mental. Like, it's just insane. And, and now I mean, so, that, like, those are the things that really get to me. It's just the ridiculousness of thinking that's that's great. <laughs> You're yeah. a dick. But what does that mean, like in the real world? Does that mean if you were pushed into a certain situation, you might behave more sociopathically? Or yeah, I've, I'm trying to think of some of the right. So I, I could do I, if we were doing explosive stuff. I I can do millions. I've I've done terrible like things because i just and i don't regret any of them either because i actually think they're fine um they're not uh, so once i ordered some chicken in kfc this yeah. is one i used earlier and uh they got the meal ready it was like a whatever the fuck it was like a three <laughs> really... weeks and a chips thing and a drink the story yeah and i said can i have some uh, uh can I have some ketchup and they said we're out of ketchup and i overhead lobbed it at the window <laughs> because i couldn't believe it hadn't come up before then <laughs> like why the fuck would i want the chicken then <laughs> yeah so and I, then i apologized immediately 
I don't even know why that tickles me. <laughs> even the apology afterwards is just like the yeah. icing on the cake. That's the issue. Is that you, <laughs> sorry about is that. It, is it in bowl? <laughs> and then you're going to go, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I just threw it at the window. Um, uh, yeah, and I've got, I mean, I could, I, I, I reckon I've probably got about 300 of those. I, yeah. I've done, I remember uh, I've been at McDonald's once and um, the guy dropped. So, I ordered uh, a McMuffin for my wife and I, and he dropped the first one, which he didn't pick. Like I could see, because you know in McDonald's you can see through the, yeah. the oven, etc. He dropped it. He didn't pick it up and serve it or anything, but he picked up the dishcloth off the side. Yeah. He picked up the McMuffin off the floor, said he was going to make another one, wiped the floor with the dishcloth, and right. then with the hand, dishclothy hand, yeah. he, picked, he wrapped up the, the other McMuffin, and then when he came over, he went, so I don't know if you noticed, I just dropped the muffin. McMuffin. And I went, not the biggest problem. Biggest problem is you're a dickhead. And then explained in graphic detail why he was a, why he was a dickhead. Like, why would you touch the cloth and then do that? And then what did he say? Not a lot. I told her, yeah, I, we'd already gone. I wasn't going to pay. For that yeah. Because clearly a dickhead. But yeah, yeah. I've done, I, I, honestly, I could do 5,000 of those. There are reasons I don't do it. I never, ever do it in a situation like, on an aeroplane, I never, I'm never like that because yeah. I hate it and I, I, I want everybody to love me <laughs> and keep me safe. I don't, I don't think really I could care. ever be that confrontational with people. Like I, I'm angry sometimes at shit customer service, but then I do that very British thing where I just, you know, internalize it. And even when I've got a shit haircut, haircut, like if they cut my hair badly and I know I'm doomed to look like a fucking bell end for like six weeks. They show me the back of my head with the mirror, and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah." Oh, I definitely do that. There's yeah. nothing you do about it. That's the never. But I, I'm, I can't even. You know, when somebody says to me, you know, somebody says, "What are examples of the sociopathic impulses?" I almost, I almost, I, I, uh, I remember my wife was really pissed at me for this. We've got one of those mops with the, that you pour liquid in the, in it in like a spray bottle. Yeah, yeah. And you spray in front of the mop. The head was kind of, every time he picked it up, it was kind of went like no and didn't hit the floor right. properly. Yeah, and so I shit just well, like a shit mop, yeah. yeah. And so when it didn't quite hit the floor, I turned it and just axed it into the floor and just smashed the end off. Yeah, and I think but the problem is with that, <laughs> that sounds like a, like a domestic violence thing. I never, I'd never. Ever. I've never hit any. I've no interest in hurting anybody. I'm not violent. I just don't like shit that doesn't work and 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 um, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely ruin people's days by being a sociopathic wanker. And I definitely don't care about uh, uh, the swearing. I've called. I called. Um, I remember being in a, the post office once, and there was an old lady behind me kept tutting because I got loads of um, post office stuff, like loads of stuff to post because it was my job. And there was one behind me going, <sighs> yeah. And I turned, said to her, are you okay? And she, she went, yeah. And, I, and then she went, Phew. and I said, you're right. You sound like you've got a problem with your breathing or something. And she went, no, no, it's fine. And then Phew. and I said, I'm really starting to worry. Should I hit 909? Have you got asthma? And she went, it's not that. You've got, you got a lot of posts. And I said, no shit. And she said, I've just had an operation. She said, um, I've just had my knee replaced. And I said, oh, sorry, I don't give a fuck. And she went, what? And I said, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Why are you telling me about that? And she said, 
you're being very rude. I said, you're being an idiot. I don't know why you told me you've had a knee replacement. I don't care. And she looked at her husband and I said, don't get him involved. Don't give a fuck what he thinks either. <laughs> and I said, why are you tutting behind me? It's really annoying. And I said, if you want, you can go in front of me. She said, you're being ever set. And I went, shh, don't speak. If you want to go in front of me, nod. Don't say another word. Yeah. And you can go in front of me. But if you speak, you can't go in front of me. Do you understand? Nod your fat head and do it. And I said, go in front of me. Bark like a dog now. Hop on a How leg. Is that? <laughs> like, yeah. And at the end of it, this is why I don't care about what I've done after I've done it. I don't. I don't think. I would be. I would be fucking shaking with fear at that point. <laughs> I'd, be like, <laughs> I'd be like, her husband's gonna beat the shit out. Like he's seventy-eight, but he'll still he can have me. But I wasn't uh, wrong. It's, no. it's not nice, but I wasn't wrong. Don't do that. You're a fuckface. The worst, worst shit I've done that's sort of in that vein uh, was when I used to work at the bowling alley years and years ago. I worked I with love, a guy. I love that any story that starts with when I used to work at the bowling alley. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Great fun. Um, but I used to work in the sales office and there was me and this other guy. And... This other guy was just like, I mean, we all hated our jobs. We were all desperate to get out of the sales office at any point that we could. And so he kept sort of volunteering to drive over to the other bowling alley to pick up some stock and like drive it all the way back. And I thought like, it'd be nice if I got to drive over to this fucking other bowling alley at some point. Like, why has it always got to be him? Like, we're the same rank. We've got the same job. We've both got cars. So next time the sales manager comes in and goes like, uh... Got to get somebody to drive over to Reading to pick up some stock. So uh, could somebody do it? And I went, yeah, I'll do it. And this guy just immediately like interrupts and goes like, no, no, that's cool. I, I, I'll do it. And I was like, no, it's fine. Like, like I'm at this point, I'm being sort of a bit more assertive. I'm like, it's honestly, it's fine. Like I've got, I got my keys. I'm ready to go. And he just like dismissed and just crushed my, like, it's such a petty thing. Like who gets to drive to the other bowling alley or not, but it pissed me off. It was like the sort of, the dismissive disrespect of it is like, no, 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 no. I, I've got it. I said that I will go, so therefore go fuck yourself, Aid. <laughs> Sit back down, answer the calls. I get to drive over to Reading for like the fifth time. Like, and it's so stupid now looking back on it. But anyway, it pissed me off. And I was like, all right. And I like banked it. And then about a couple of days later, they had this rule at the time where like, because we worked in the sales office, because we booked people's birthday parties, uh, if you, as the sales office person, double booked a birthday party when there was insufficient staff, the punishment was you fucking go downstairs and host these kids' birthday. Like, put on nice. the uniform, dress up, do the face painting, and just have to do, deal with kids like screaming and crying and pissing themselves and, like, not fun, right? So I noticed that he double booked, and I I could have said, like, Look, you double booked. If I were you, I would start asking for staff cover, like go and ask people if they would mind working an extra couple of hours or if they could just nip in for like. And uh, and I didn't. I just went like, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to leave that there and I'm just going to let it bake like a turd in the oven for like days. And uh, then it got to like the end of the week. And then our sales manager was like, oh, look, there's a somebody double booked there. And uh, he was like, no, no, I don't think so. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you have. And she goes like, yeah, yeah, you have. 
And he goes, no, 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 I haven't. And I was I was so like forthright and curt and dismissive myself. Then at the end of that week, I was just like, yeah, you have. Because look, it's your name on that one and your name on that one. So it's definitely you. You have double booked it. So and I was such a cunt about it. And he was like, would you? Because I had done like. Mo- I love how mild your thing is. I know. <laughs> I know like, yours is like sort of basically bordering on some sort of verbal I've got, assault. I've actually, a- got, I've actually got a good one to teach people. <clears throat> sociopathic impulses i can actually go for it te- right, this is a really good one all right so i've worked in lots of, i've worked in fucking so many industries because i <laughs> just have <clears throat> my one of my old bosses used to get really wound up when we were doing a board meeting because someone had mentioned something and he'd go john's probably done it before which is probably true i probably have right generally on your first day in any job mm. you will be told for anybody listening, you will be told some a little, a little, a little amuse bouche of information that could be potentially dangerous or potentially, you know, stop whatever's happening. And I am going to implore you now to whatever they tell you, whatever the warning is, mm. you have about 10 minutes from when they've said it to do it immediately. Right, whatever the fuck it is, and you are, you will get away scot free. I've done it so many times. First day at a petrol station, there was a bank of buttons and there was a key at the top, and the and the boss said to me, "This is this, this is this, this is this. Whatever you do, do not turn that key." Right. He walked away. I turned the key immediately, <laughs> and he said, "Don't tell me what I can't." Did you turn that key? And I went, "You told me to." And he went, "No, I did." I said, "Don't turn the key." And I went, "Oh fuck." <laughs> Right. My favourite one ever was I was working at, I, I had a really shit job when I was about 17 I was working at a mayonnaise factory and there was this big um, industrial trash compactor outside <clears throat> and you were supposed to load it with cardboard and we were told how to load it with cardboard you put, so you put like a big broad piece of cardboard at the bottom and then you put like all the smaller bits on top blah, 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 blah. and then you pull the strapping through and then you put another big piece on top and then you put your hands either side Yeah. And you have to press both buttons at once and the trash compactor will start. Yeah. And then my boss made the fateful mistake. He said, don't get in put there. a oh. barrel of mayonnaise in there. Right? <laughs> we used to make like 10 litres, 20 litres of mayonnaise yeah. in like a big catering thing. That's what we made, catering things mayonnaise. The second he was out of sight, I put a 25 litre tub of mayonnaise in the trash compactor. I put a piece of cardboard at the top, a piece of cardboard at the bottom. Went whack like that. And obviously, it's like, I fuck knows, 70 ton of pressure. And there was just this massive explosion. And the entire yard was white with mayonnaise. And he ran out and went, what the fuck happened? And I went, <laughs> I put the mayonnaise in. Like, you told me to. <laughs> you literally, and you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. As long as it won't kill you. If somebody says, don't do that, just fucking do it. It's amazing. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> and that is, that, that, that is being a, so, like, so that's sociopathic impulses. But like done, you wouldn't you wouldn't change you, would you? Like it's they these things make for good stories. It's no wonder I would though. There are things I like until recently. I I was doing an ADHD assessment recently, and it and it and it caused me a lot more problems than I thought it would. I was filling in an ADHD assessment. This is a bit Mm. of seriousness, I suppose. And um, so. This was a proper NHS form, and I was filling it in. And it said, if you had a score over 44, 
it was very likely you had ADHD. That was the, the questionnaire. <clears throat> and I scored 72 on this one. <laughs> yeah. And I found I like that. I found it quite funny. Like I, I was like, oh, that's quite funny. Smashed it. Yeah. Smashed it. And um, uh, my wife got home and I was going through the assessment and whatever else. And uh, sort of being jovial and joking. And it was and it was like the next day I realized there's an, another side to all that stuff. Because there has to be a person you're interrupting. Mm. There has to be a person that this is in direct conflict with. And so all those, I know it's like I'm pissing around joking and stuff, but I realized my, that my wife is the person who puts up with the other, with, with the bits as somebody who's neurotypical puts up with all the rest of all these things and it's quite it, it is a burden to put up with those things so <clears throat> I, th I i see it more glasses half full i feel like and i i'm not pretending everybody does that that is that that's the, but the thing is the outside perspective is not the inside so so what you see the 10 percent that everybody sees is like you know, John will do this or John will do that and whatever else. But the 90% of it is, it's quite annoying. So all the way, so say through COVID, I got, this doesn't even sound like a pain in the ass. I've got a couple of good examples. All the way through COVID, um, I was going to work, coming home, and I was sort of obsessed with cooking. And so we had like a restaurant style quality meal every single day. Mm. And that doesn't sound annoying, but it really fucking is when your husband is going to spend two hours in the kitchen every single night fucking about with something. <laughs> I need to go, that sounds all right to me. Well, I might marry John. <laughs> well, okay, I'm, but I have a better example. My wife is ill, right? Yeah. Say my wife has got the flu. And I say to her, you lay on the sofa and I will, I'll do everything for you. I'll make you a cup of tea. I'll get you a cold drink. I'll make you a sandwich, whatever. If you need anything, just shout. And then I'll ask you if you're all right every 20 minutes. Yeah. But that's like, isn't that normal? That's not like an no, ADHD. Is it that's not? That's not normal. Oh, well, I'm fucked then. <laughs> Don't ask someone if they're all right every 20 minutes. Yeah. It's really annoying. Yeah. I mean, I, so I take your point. I think it's like, you know, there is, there's an obsessive, uh, repetitive element to it. Um, and I've I've got shades of that. Like I I get super super into projects and interests. And like before before comedy, it was music production. After comedy, it's been like the podcast. Um, but they're so with ADHD. The 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 the, the thing you're touching on is hyperfocus. But there's the, the worst thing of a hyperfocus is you don't know you don't know it is one mm. until it's run its course and you. So I've had weird ones. I've had the Goonies for like two years. Yeah. Some of my films, I had Back to the Future 1, 2, and 3 for ages. I've had high focuses over watches. Yeah. Um, I've got like, I've got three watches that like, between them are worth that... about 1,500 quid. It's, it's strange though, isn't it? Like then, so my girlfriend doesn't have ADHD. I'm, mm. And just to be crystal clear, I've never, as I say, I've never been assessed and certainly not diagnosed. Uh, as having it although i seem to tick a lot of the fucking boxes yeah uh, I, like it would surprise no one if i came away with a diagnosis <laughs> for it um 
Like it would be it would be the shortest assessment the GP or like whoever had ever done. They'd be like, yeah, do you do? I mean, do we even need to answer the rest of these questions? Yes, you fuck it. Here you go. Here's a badge. Like, Honestly, it was the questions were one to four, like what you were going to do. Mm. And I admitted to my GP because he was being a bit of a dick. But I put a couple of threes in so it didn't look fake. Yeah, like, <laughs> they, they weren't true. But I was like, I'll make that a three. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Otherwise, it looks mental. Yeah. Yeah. But like. When when you're with somebody that isn't like that, that isn't as you said, neuro spicy. Mm. Uh, so like I'll, this is going back a few weeks now. Like I'll I'll put on J- the first Jackass movie, and my girlfriend will be like, yeah yeah, you know this is fun, this is goofy. Like um, and then we'll get to the end of it, and I'll be like, we should watch Jackass number two, and then she'll be like, yeah, I mean we like we watch Jackass, you know, like should we should we try something else, maybe a thriller or you know maybe I'll watch uh selling sunset or you know some reality thing and i'm like no we we have to watch jackass one then jackass two then jackass 3d then jack like like i it's once i'm in something it's like i have to just see it through until devour it until there's nothing more left of it you know i'll just keep doing it the only thing that put me off back to the future is really really weird Mm. Uh, the thing that ended my hyperfocus. This is never going to happen for anybody else. I met Christopher Lloyd, and he is a fuckface. Really? That that is what did it. It's very so weird. I queued up for ages. <clears throat> I met Christopher Lloyd, and he's a total dick. Really? Yeah. Why? And... How? Let's define what the parameters of dickery are. With right. Christopher Lloyd. So I. So he was a. There, there was a thing uh, quite famous everybody's heard of it now but they hadn't heard of it when i t- would say this comic-con though i know everybody likes to kind of go oh yeah right, it wasn't a big thing when i went to comic-con when it was like 2013 right? it's only really become big in the last like, four or five years so comic-con was on at earl's court and they've got uh corey feltman was there um the now famous um uh dude from everything everything all at once all the time whatever the fuck it's called um data from goonies he oh was yeah 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 he was there as well and there was loads like there was a few, quite a few people there and, and chris floyd was there for back to the future and um the way it works is they'll sign stuff and you have to pay a certain amount it was like a tenner or something and they'll sign something and i'd got a back to the future 1986 um a thing called a cinema standy from right. Back to the Future. I bought it. It was vintage, 1986, and I took the header off it to take to Comic Con to get signed by Christopher Lloyd. I paid a tenner, and we started queuing for to meet Christopher Lloyd. And I'd got ticket number 67, which it, that sounds like quite a high, high number, but it's really not. Yeah. I mean, you can just flick through those. Anyway, Christopher Lloyd would sign about two, three things, then go fuck off for a cigarette, and then come back. I stood in that fucking queue for about. Three and a half hours, four hours. Yeah. My wife is going, I'm going to fucking murder you in a minute. <laughs> and then I just think, uh, what I do for a living, if nobody knows, is that I negotiate bollocks. That's what I really do. My, my job is to change personalities and emotions immediately. I thought I can use this to my advantage. <clears throat> and a security guard there, you're only allowed in the last 10 Q if you showed your ticket what you were in the last like so say we were at 30 to mm. 35 you or 30 to 40 you could join the actual end oh queue. i see yeah yeah so i folded a 10 pound note behind my ticket 
passed it to the security guard and I said, that says 31, doesn't it? I've got my eyes a bit funny. <laughs> he took it, felt the tenor, and he went, yep, that's 31. And then I joined the rest of the queue, right? Because nice. my dad taught me to be as bent as an iron bob, like whatever, do what you want, get wherever <laughs> you want. So I got in the queue and I met Chris, and he was such, just so offish and such a prick. What, just like, like tired and short? Tired and... and couldn't be fucked to be there. Didn't want to be there at all. Just yeah. Really like miserable as fuck. Phoning and I was it like, in. yeah, and I was like, <laughs> oh, can I, take a, can I take a picture of you signing the thing? And he was like, no, you can't do that. I was like, really? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, what a prick. He just sort of scribbled it on and then uh, I just kind of took my thing and like a pleb and just wandered off. Yeah. And, then, and, and so many people weren't like that. Jonathan, um, uh, Key, uh, who d- the the guy Data from the Goonies, is, who has a Western name and he was and a, an American name, he was so friendly, so nice. Um, I didn't meet him, but I could just see him being really lovely. Corey Feldman was being really, really wonderful. There's a few people from Harry Potter were there. I met, uh, yeah, and everybody was just really nice. Christopher Lloyd was just a massive prick. Yeah, I met Robert England once at one of those. He's uh, Freddy Krueger, just absolute dick as well. Really? It's yeah, strange, it's... isn't it? Like how it sort of affects the fame and the, the pressure and uh, and all of that affects some people differently. Like I'd like to think if in, in the hugely unlikely event this podcast ever really does truly blow up, uh, that I would maintain a sort of, you know, a fun and ex- like excitement uh, getting to meet people who enjoy what I've done. But it doesn't seem to shake out that way for a lot of people, does it? No, I. Like, you, I've you've had, met people that like you. Were, so you I've had a big, bit of internet. Fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, do you know what? It was one of my favourite things to not be that guy. Yeah. And and weirdly, that was strangely fortuitous for me because I was very good friends with an American YouTuber, female YouTuber. Yeah. And a, and a fan came over who kind of knew me in passing, and he said to me. Um, hi, uh, I was just, and I'm, don't talk like that. Come here and sit down. <laughs> and he went, yeah, but, and I went, yeah, but just don't worry about it. Right? This is Ruby. Yeah. Ruby, this is Paul. And, and they get to, Ruby was the sort of famous person we were talking. And about two years later, at the same event, that Paul sent me a message and said, are you in London this weekend? And I said, yeah, yeah. He said, if you're free after, after the whole event, uh, maybe could, yeah, there's many chance you could pop into where I work and have a beer. And I was like, I really can't be asked. Like, but I went, uh, maybe, maybe, might do, might do, might do. I don't know. Um, whereabouts are you, just in case we're in London? Like, just in case we go into town. Yeah. And he said, um, I'm the manager of uh, Groucho's. And oh. I was like, not the, not the Groucho Club. And he went, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm yeah. the manager. And I was like, Fucking hell. Fuck me. And he went, I'll just put your name on the door. Uh, if you've got like five mates or something, fancy come to the ground show. And I was like, yeah, maybe. I might do that. Yeah, might just do. stick on. So it turns out you should be quite nice to people because they might be the manager of the ground show club. Yeah. And I have been twice. Yeah, it's very nice. I mean, it's you. like, apart from anything else, it's it, like it's in your interests to be nice to people. Because... It really makes no difference to your day. Honestly, yeah. people are ever so sweet. Uh, we've had... I've been through the internet fame thing and had like uh, like done selfies all day from like 10 o'clock to like five o'clock and had drinks with people and had great fun. And and, and honestly, uh, I'll talk to anybody. I I don't, I don't mind. It's all bollocks. 
you should just be just be nice yeah it's easy enough isn't it be nice and try not to throw boxes of fried chicken at people out the window oh Oh, right okay i'm sorry well i'm glad that we that that's much more civil yeah i even know exactly it was the left window (laughs) and i really fucking punted it as well if anyone's listening to this who was there that night where where was it kfc and where kfc cardinal park in Ipswich. yeah i would love to hear (laughs) like a a witness statement of (laughs) of exactly what happened well yeah i mean we were just queuing and this fellow like fucking mad bastard he went insane yeah um john listen man we've been talking for way over an hour so i'm gonna i'm gonna love you and leave you thank you so much for coming on again um guys Go and give John Left of the Countryside a follow on TikTok. Uh, also, check out his podcast, which he he co-hosts um, every week, and they do uh, a new episode about a different topic, a different general, broad topic uh, each time. Really great stuff. Uh, as I said at the beginning of the podcast, it's like a it, it's a welcome break from the political stuff for me, and they're both really funny dudes. Um, so yeah, go and check that out. Like and subscribe, and all the other stuff that people say at the end of episodes like this. I'll be back next Wednesday with the solo episode, in which I will do my best to rip, roast, rant, and ridicule my way through the week's news. Um, and then next Friday, no, no fucking idea who my guest is next Friday, but you know what? We'll figure it out. Um, quick shout out, doff of the cap to the Patreons. Uh, shouts to Rodri, Samantha, Matthew, Bowman, Jeff, Ailsa, and Mark. Then we've got Eddie, Kai, Stuart, Anthony, Pingu, and David, and Alex, Chris, Silent, T Rex, Sarah, and Kerry. Thank you so much, all of you, for continuing to support the podcast. I'll be back next week. Until next time, keep it booge. We outie.